0: Hello and welcome to the Deeper Eye podcast. I am Lara Ferris, your host. For many years, I have been passionate about self-improvement. Through this, I have met the best specialists in their field who have given me tools and the courage to pursue a new path. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you everything I have learned through the conversations I have had with these amazing people. I hope these conversations will impact your life as they did to mine. Today, I'm in conversation with Carrie Gonya and Mark Edgar Stevens. We've had Carrie and Mark previously on this podcast, and today we are talking about karma and past lives. I will just remind those who have not listened to the previous conversation with Carrie and Mark who they are. Carrie, since childhood, is gifted with clairvoyance, clairaudience. She has amazing empathic abilities. She is also a Reiki healer and a family constellation therapist. Mark is a hypnotherapist, among many other healing therapy that he does. He helps people deal with their trauma, and he helps them move on out of their fears and their major blockages in life. I hope you will enjoy this conversation. Hi Mark, hi Carrie. So happy to be with you again. I literally wait for these <laughs> sessions. Like I look at my calendar always to see what day am I gonna be with you and I feel so excited the whole week, not just the day. <laughs> so Mark and Carrie, I just thought I would love to Ask these questions because I know you do a lot of work around that. And I remember when I first had my first child, I remember, I don't know why it came to me at that moment. I just thought at the same moment now, probably another baby's born somewhere, and another baby's born somewhere at the same minute, second. And It was very strong in me, this wanting to know, why would the baby be born now in a place that is lacking probably a lot of basic necessities? My child is born with me, which she will have all she needs secured in a very civilized country where she has rights, she has things done for her, she's protected, and another person, at the same time, is born somewhere where she will have also a hundred times more than my daughter, and I don't know yet maybe a better health, maybe a better husband, maybe. and you know, I remember very well you've very emotional when you just deliver the baby, and I was crying. I didn't know if I was crying because I just had the most amazing experience. Or because I was thinking of this child who is born somewhere lacking everything. And I remember that when I started the spiritual journey that I wanted to know more and have more uh, question answered, I thought this would be one of the most asked questions I would have. And when I met you, Mark, and when I started my work with Carrie, I knew that you would answer my question. And you did several times, but I'm going to ask them again, because I know many people would love to hear your answers. First of all, do you believe that we all have previous lives? And if we do, are they related to the ones we have now, this one? Do we know already what we come back to sort or to clear or to live. And one more little question and then I'll let you answer that and I'll I'll have a bit more after. Do we come with a soul family or or a soul partners or soul friends? Do we do the agreed agreement in groups or it's totally on our own and then we meet here the people that are going to help us grow or reach the reason why we decided to come back?
1: Carrie, if you are okay, yes, I'm, go ahead. we'll <laughs> start with this. But then I would love to leave more of the, the soul family and the, uh, the soul relationships. I would like to leave that more to you. So uh, let me answer the, sort of the first part of it from my perspective. Yes, without a doubt, I believe that we have multiple lives. It just makes perfect sense to me. You know, there's the whole saying that matter is neither created nor destroyed, you know, but it simply changes shape. I think that we follow those same rules in terms of spirit that our spirit is on this journey of multiple times together. It makes so much sense. And of course, remembering that most of the world, most of the religions of the world, believe this also to be true, that we are going through this reincarnational journey. I know not everyone believes that, not everyone has to believe it, but you don't have to believe that the earth goes around the sun in order for it to be true. My own experience is very much knowing about my previous lifetimes and even having healing through healing some of my previous experiences. I've seen others have great healing from also seeing, feeling, experiencing, and letting go or embracing previous experiences. So it just makes perfect sense. It doesn't make sense to me that we would only have one lifetime. And and especially because of what you brought up there, Lara, which is to say Some child that's born into poverty, born into sickness, born into situation, whereas another child is born with a silver spoon in their mouth, we cannot say that everyone's having the same equal experiences. And again, to me, the point is not to have equal experiences. The point is that if a lot has been given to you to rise to the consciousness level, that it is your right, your responsibility, and hopefully your pleasure to be able to give back in the world, to look for those who've not been gifted with as much. And if you are someone who is born without all of those privileges in life, that you still look for how to make the best of that life. So here's the way that I feel about it. Are we all born with the same equal rights? We should have the same equal rights, but are we all born equal? No, we're not. There are some people who are smarter than others, some who are better at meeting other people, some who are born into greater advantages, some who are born into more spiritual families. So we all have these different experiences. And to me, a big part of the point is to understand the greater picture, the larger story, and to be able to help wherever we can and to be able to also learn from others that sometimes we say, oh, this person... couldn't know as much as I do. I need to help them. Sometimes we find out, no, this is the person that's going to help us. Often I say, you know, if you speak to a child and you think you're going to be the mentor or teacher for that child, and you end up learning from the child. The point is for us all in all of our different circumstances and all of our different genders and all of our different challenges to be able to learn from one another and grow from one another. And I truly believe that in this journey of souls that we take, We've experienced everything from being murdered to the murderer, from being rich to the poor, from being incredibly healthy to being born without limbs. We've all been through and are continuing to go through all of these experiences because our job is not to try to steer everything that's happening in the external experience, but instead to change the internal response to the external experience and look for the ways to make all of humanity better and better. That is my thought on it, my belief on it. Carrie, I'm going to turn it over to you.
2: I love that. I had to I come from a corporate background and I had to go to India like I was like 25 years old. And so I had senior leadership prep me for what I was going to experience because it was my first time in a third world country. I came back from that trip completely transformed. Because as you look around, there's poverty, there's little kids that are filthy. They were the happiest people I've ever met in my entire life. And I came back and I like radically changed, just radically changed my life, changed my environment, changed my job spiritually, like everything exploded. So I love that. I think sometimes we get stuck on if you have privilege. Yes, it's obviously Much, much, much easier. You have access to resources and doctors and all of these things. But who's to say that those people are happier than the people that are incarnated with nothing? Like, I was so struck by how big my life was. Like, I had a home, I had a mortgage, I had all of these things that. I was told were important, and then I was surrounded by people that had nothing, and they were way happier. I just think it's fascinating what we incarnate into. And in terms of soul family, I mean, Absolutely. They call them monads. So it's like we are part of these groups. I feel like we are contracted to come at certain points and sync up and help change consciousness, you know, uplift. I mean, I remember the I had clients telling me about Mark for years. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I kept forgetting. And this one client came after telling me for like two or three years and was like, You have to work with this man. And then I had a dream about Mark and I reached out and then had a session and I remember the first time when you opened the door and I saw you, but I saw you in old-timey clothing. I saw you in like wartime clothing. Like I had this past life remembrance of our connection and, you know, we've been thick as thieves ever since. So I definitely Mm. think we have soul family and contracts to come at certain points in our life. And
0: what do we all come to sort? Is it something we need to understand? Is it something we need to do? Or is it both? Is it something we haven't done in the previous life? Or is it just simply growing spiritually to remember? Is it a question of remembrance? Do you think, Mark, or is it all of it?
1: So we specifically come into each lifetime forgetting the previous lifetimes or forgetting the relationships. Oh, I had this Huge fight with this person in another lifetime. And now this person is my best friend because usually you're being offered the opportunity to do it over again, to do it better, to make it better, to learn what you didn't learn. So the idea of karma is not just good people did good things and bad people did bad things. The other part of karma is what is it that you're still learning or what is it that you didn't complete? before. If Carrie and I were meant to see one another in a different way in this lifetime, because we missed seeing one another in that way in a previous lifetime. And sometimes it's a very simple thing. Sometimes it's just, oh, there's the opportunity. Something in me knows that this person is bringing something to me, just like Carrie seeing me in that lifetime. And I know what lifetime that was because I had a healing from that lifetime. So people come to the door sometimes and you know, right away, you meet someone and you feel like, gosh, I, I know this person. The remembering is while the challenge is coming up or while the love is even coming through to ask yourself, what's coming up for me? What am I feeling about this? What am I thinking about this? What is my opportunity to grow in this? Not by changing another person, but by changing something in my thoughts or my feelings so that I have changed. because it's when we change on the soul level or when we change as an individual, that we make it better for the whole of humanity. Because what they always say, the saying goes, water rel- uh, water rises to its own level, meaning water wants to be at the same level. And so even with our souls, like our job every time is to take ourselves as high as we can in our learning and in our growth and our remembering of love, our remembering of purpose, our remembering of the soul's evolution. And if we're doing that, then we are doing our best for humanity, But you cannot cram it down someone's throat. Yeah. You cannot make someone else do it. That is not what our job is. And as far as the way that we, you said, are we coming to learn? Are we coming to remember? I think we're coming for all sorts of different things. And it depends on where you are in your spiritual journey. And again, this is one of the places where I say we are all born equal with a sense of equal rights, but we're not born equal in sense of what we know. Very obviously, Carrie was born with certain gifts that other people are not born with, or they're not conscious of, and maybe it takes a lifetime or not even in this lifetime. I certainly have to admit, I was born with certain things that I know other people would say to me, how did you know as a small child, these things, or how did you already have a sense of where you were going and realizing, wow, other people didn't have that insight. They didn't have a sense of purpose. They were wandering around lost. And just like Carrie said, sometimes it was very wealthy people. Sometimes it was people who had a great, great more privileges than I did, but they were so lost. Not that I'm judging them for that, but realizing, oh, I've got these challenges but the ones I don't have is understanding what the world is asking from me or understanding what my purpose is. That was pretty much always been clear since I was little. I had um, really quickly, I had uh, a friend from grammar school and I was talking with her one day and I said, Oh, you remember this, that, you know, she goes, Mark, when you tell these stories, she goes, it's as if you remember everything that was happening about other people, what they were feeling. She goes, all I remember was me, 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 me. She goes, I don't know how you are as a child able to focus on others, and to me, that was a very natural sort of thing. And for her, she goes, I didn't start getting any of that consciousness until like later in high school, in my college years, because as a kid, you're just thinking, what do you want? So very obviously I was gifted with something that is not for me to take that gift and go, Oh, I'm better than you. But to take that gift and say, how do I make it better in the world? How can I serve? How can I be of purpose? Carrie? Carrie?
2: I completely agree. And I have a question for you, because this happens to me a lot. And it happens to me in oftentimes in locations or kind of what happened with you of certain people. It's like the second you open that door, it was like this past life bleed through. So I'll be in certain locations. And I it happened to me in the Hollywood Hills. I was watering some plants with a friend who was house setting and had a full body shouted like, Oh, I've been here before. Like, do you see that a lot? I think it's so fascinating that we're able to carry those stories and those contracts with us.
1: I do see it a lot. And I I experience it in my own life. Uh, There's a woman who is very much my senior. And when I first came to her door, I was going to do some work with her husband. He was actually teaching me. He was a hypnotherapist, specialized in past life regression work. I came to the door and she she just was almost blindsided. And then she said to me later, she said, I knew that we had known one another before. And she said, I was so aware of how we had known one another. And that was a big part of her consciousness. And she had that, not only that experience, but that feeling of, I know you from somewhere. I know us from somewhere. I also have a dear friend who talks about meeting someone who was, a soulmate for her and she couldn't wait to meet this person. And she said they met, it was as they knew one another, they knew everything about one another. But she said after that, they didn't need to see one another because there was no work left to do. They were already in symbiosis with one another, that the work had already been completed. It was just simply for them to recognize one another. I also know it very much happens with locations. You go to a certain place and you somehow know where you are. You know the direction, you know what's behind certain trees, you know those sorts of things. And that most definitely has happened to me. So those are remembrances of having been someplace place before, and also, as some belief systems would say, connecting to your future, because it may be that your future is about finishing something from your past, or something in your future is helping you heal something from your past, or your future is simply opening up another opportunity to grow.
0: There are some people you just meet, and for Not obvious reasons at all. You don't really know. I don't really know how to explain it. I just find myself very uh, comfortable in their presence. um, Really wanting to see more of them and talk more to them. And there's just this this love for them, this affinity, you know, this love. And I can't explain it. It happened to me with some children of some friends of mine. Like I. I just feel much closer to them than any other person, and I don't even see them that much. You know, it's not like I used to spend time with them. It's just when we meet, there is something that makes me feel that I already very well know him or her, and it happened to me, you know, several times with the same person. I always have the same feeling. I had a session once with a Buddhist teacher, and we were just talking about how we have three ways that the human in general um, have to evolve. So one is the way you think, the one is how you're able to love, and the third part is that your emp- your your empowerment. Like, are you able to use your power in this life? Because this is the three things that maybe we come here to to progress and evolve in. and if you are very comfortable in the way you love people in general, then it's a clue that you're not here to learn that lesson. So very often you won't be served with people that are going to challenge you in that area. but if you your weakness is to take your power. And that this is the challenge, the kind of challenges that you'll be served with. So they will keep poking you. And then it's a a bit more poking a bit harder until you really decide to take your power. So that I think I, um, you know, I, I finally realized that, oh my God, I choose to believe that's true because it makes so much sense and it made life so much easier for me and i find it much more fair than what i used to you know like why does somebody have the perfect marriage why is somebody have uh, struggling to make money why why you know and i understand from that way of thinking that this is why because we're not all here to evolve and progress the same areas
1: And Lara, along those lines, I've got to tell you, it is so interesting in all the years of doing this work, someone will say, do other people have these problems? And I say, yes, and they have other types of problems. So if your challenge is not relationships, your challenge is not love, your challenge may be with money. If it's not with money, your challenge may be with purpose. If your challenge is not with purpose, it may be with death and dying. If your challenge is not with death and dying, it may be with disease. Everyone has some sort of challenges they're working with, myself included, and all three of us on this call. None of us came in with this perfect life because the point is not to have a perfect life. The point is to go through the challenges, do your very best with it, learn what you can, do it differently, and from that, learn and grow and teach. And I do believe stepping into our power is a big part of that. I know Carrie and I've talked about this a great deal, even in our many conversations together. And I will say at this point in my life and in my career, I've embraced the idea, not just because I have silver hair, but because Mm -hmm. people are seeing me that way, that I'm this wise, older person. And I didn't really see myself that way. I still feel like everything about me is marked, but it flows so much easier because part of my purpose in being here is to be that wise elder. The best part of my life is not older, uh, not over. The best part of my life is about getting older and this give back opportunity that I'm having. The body is going to change. There may be challenges around that. Maybe not, but different challenges will still come up in different ways. But the great gift of getting older and getting to embrace that more and more, whereas I fought that a little bit at different points in my life. I didn't want that responsibility. That was too much. And I actually, at different times, ran away from it, literally ran away. I'm going to leave this place. I don't want to be this anymore. I'm going to disconnect my phone. I didn't want to be the person that was that. Now I have a much better boundary with it where there are certain times when I'm that and then there's other times when I am the babe in the woods and I know nothing and I'm open to spirit bringing to me whatever it is that I need.
2: It's so funny that we can't outrun the soul. <laughs> I think we've all probably tried.
0: But it's amazing mm-hmm. how when you you start having the awareness of what we just spoke about you remember how many times it poked you before it ran over you with the truck, you know, like kept poking and you for some reason ignored, 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 or just um, maybe felt too comfortable to do something about it yet. And then when you don't respond, it just run you over. So which brings me to something else that I'm really puzzled with. I I seem to be, maybe I'm wrong, but I observe many people that don't seem to be ever run down by this truck. Is it possible that we can just come and go through this life without having to really learn anything or grow anything, or that's just impossible? Do you think we all are here for something? Lara,
1: I'm going to, I I can't speak for the entire population of the earth through all eons and decades, but what popped in my head when you said run over by the truck Immediately, I heard the word yet <laughs> because it's, you know, life may be smoother for some than it is for others. But let, let me make two big points here. At some point, something happens. We lose someone we love. That's going to happen to all of us. Parents, uh, children, you know, God forbid, uh, best friends, things like that. We, that is going to happen. So we're going to have challenges with all of those different things. For some people, it will be massively life-changing. And for others, they may have already made their peace with that in a previous lifetime, and they, be, be, they may be better with death and dying. But there's always something that comes along, whether it's money or it's disease or anything like that. What I have seen is that there are some people who are in such peace with their lives that they, it's not that they don't face challenges, but they face it in a different mindset than a lot of others would. We usually say, oh, that person's an angel. And it's because they have such grace in their forgiveness, such grace in the way that they're moving out of this physical existence. They have such grace in the way that they deal with challenges. And I admire those people so much. And they do exist, but it doesn't mean they don't have challenges, which brings me to the second point. What may be something simple for you or for Carrie or for me might be life-changing for someone else. And we think, why is this such a big, big deal? This isn't. But at the same time, what might be life-changing, like shattering or changing for the three of us, there may be some master somewhere that would be barely bothered by it. So the level of the challenge or the problem or the issue depends on the individual and where they are in the evolution. But I don't think we ever come without some challenge, some truck that comes through. It's just how we learn to deal with it when that truck does come through and, you know, mow through the the grocery store. So, which may not be a good analogy there, but (laughs) you you know what I'm saying.
0: One of my teachers, I'm not saying his name, so I I don't think he would mind me sharing the story. He had uh, all his life, lots of, issues with his father. And he was always sure all his childhood that his father didn't love him. Anyway, didn't love him enough to uh, be close to him, to treat him well, to, you know. And his father died about 10 years ago. So the my teacher was in his probably 50s, I would say in his late 40s or 50s. And it's only when the father died, he was already dead, the father, that he had this wave of love, a, a, a immense wave of love come over him. And he suddenly, he cannot explain why, he started crying and he forgave him everything at that, at that same moment. So... While he was talking, I was very emotional for him, and I was thinking, my God, this is so beautiful, because this is probably why they were father and son, is to clear that karma maybe between them, and it clearly happened for my teacher. But what about the father? He left. We don't know if he cleared it. So is it possible for us to leave? I mean, we don't know, but... Maybe he didn't because he didn't talk to the father, he, to the son. He was turning his back, you know, not looking at him. And do you think he would realize once he's gone that he didn't heal it while he was here? He had many opportunities and he, he wasn't run over by a truck in that field, you know?
1: This is the perfect Question for Carrie to answer, but as always, I'm going to throw in my, my two cents. So it's very obvious. The son, everything may have been about that moment where he was able to forgive and love, maybe without the forgiveness or love of his father. So let's assume that his father didn't show him love. We don't know why his father really felt. That was through the perspective of the son's lens. So we don't really know what the father felt. But any of the great masters that were persecuted or that were hurt part of the lessons that they would teach is how do you forgive and love those who don't love you, who, you know, to use the word hate, who hate you or show you hate. How do you evolve to such a place that you can show that level of love? And that that really is a mastery of love. I am not at that level. That will be very clear. I would like to get to that level. I'm not there yet, not in this lifetime. But to be at that level of mastery of love for the father though you're saying you know what was it for him so let's assume that he didn't love his son or didn't show any love to his son to die with that and move on and look back and realize. And cause I do believe that we get a chance to take a look at these yeah. things when we're on the yeah. other side and energetically then to commit yourself. The next time you're coming in to show your love in every possible way and have so many opportunities to show that love and even possibly show love to someone who doesn't love you. That's the opportunity that he's been given. And his son, in my opinion has a contract or had a contract with the father for him to be able to experience that. So the next time he comes in he can go, I don't want to do that again, go through a life without expressing my love or showing my love or mm. being in love with someone who loves me so much. So let's now make another assumption that he loved him dearly, but there was something in him that there was so much fear to show that love getting through whatever the fear was. The fear is I'm going to be hurt. The fear is that someone's not going to love me back. Whatever it was that he needed to experience, that's what he'll sort out on the other side before he comes back through again. Mm -hmm. But that's for him to have the opportunity now to do it differently. It's not for his father to go to the other side and say, oh, that's it. I don't get any more chances at it. Because we don't know what his circumstances were. This goes all the way back to the first thought, which is. Sometimes you're born with this gift, sometimes you're born with that gift, sometimes you're not born born with these gifts. The father must have been born with something that kept him either from loving or from showing love or believing that love was not okay for him to show. That's what the gift is.
0: But but he left without sorting it.
1: He left without sorting it, so now he gets to see that and come back and do it again okay, to try okay. it.
0: So we do so it is possible to leave without sorting what you came here for. It is that really freaks me out because I want to I always I always tell Carrie and I make her laugh always. I say, Carrie, I don't want to leave before I finished all my work. I have to sort them all.
1: (laughs) You know? That's a great goal, Lara. And I think we should all have that goal. But I think very few of us. Yeah. I think very few of us get it all sorted out in the life. You know, we are going to come back and we're going to do other things again. It's just, if you get it all sorted out, you're either going to come back and be, you know, some sort of an energetic guardian, a beautiful flower, (laughs) (laughs) a beautiful
0: flower.
1: (laughs) It will move on to whatever the next thing is, because you, you, you did what you needed to do. I have not. I, and I look forward, this has been a great lifetime. I love this lifetime. It's not been without its own challenges. But i've loved this body i've loved what i've gotten to experience i i i think this is probably one of my favorite bodies that i've gotten to be in because i've enjoyed the experiences that it's had so much at the same time i'm aware of the fact that if the next lifetime is about something very different my job is going to be to enjoy the experience of that lifetime as much or more because it's not supposed to be contingent upon our external circumstances. It's the internal response. It's the internal light. It's the internal connection. That's what it is. Carrie, are you in a place to speak about the dad
2: part? Yeah, (laughs) I just, I I agree with the soul contract. That's where my brain went was. I'm sure you guys have all seen that meme where it's like multiple generations of a father saying very critical shaming things. And then the son is like, oh, I don't want to do this to my son and cuts off that program, cuts off that that patterning and heals it. My dad recently unexpectedly passed away and I was, I had the great fortune of being with him. And literally seconds before he crossed, my entire life made sense. It was like, I got this wave of emotion and I was like, oh my God, my, my entire life made sense. My dad was super loving, but he was tough and he was tough when I was a little kid. And it just, it was like It was like I was watching a blueprint and everything just connected. And I had a dream shortly after he passed where he showed me his life review. And he was so emotional because he didn't know that he was enough and that it was safe enough to be in that space of saying, I love you. I mean, he was super loving, but in a tough way. And so he didn't know that he was worthy enough of like having that love back. And it was so healing for me. And I had a great relationship with him, but... I just think of like how I show up in the world and I'm like a walking heart and I have done the complete opposite of that kind of old generational programming of being unavailable and being shut down and not saying I love you and all of those things. And it was so fascinating for me to see that he now gets to experience that wherever he goes, you know, so I feel like both people win, you know, and the whole lineage wins. But so I agree about the contract, Mark
0: so you you the contract of coming together to teach each other uh like you are an a walking heart yeah. and he was he was very worried to to show his love without the toughness he right
2: he was a walking heart too i think he was afraid to show that and I, as a little kid yeah. i wasn't like i was light and connected to angels and mouthy mm. and like all of these things and so i in that moment right before he crossed of like oh that's why he made me tough he was so afraid of what would happen to me in the world if I was just this like
0: beating heart mm. and I'm- so I've just had a, a moment when I I'm hearing you talk and I'm so really if you we're all loving creatures but what forbid us to step into this love is is fear there's nothing is it just fear that stop us from loving or giving this love
1: there there's yes so let me just answer it in very simple yes the answer is yes yeah. so i was going to say it's very complicated because yeah. there's lots of different layers but at the ultimate level it's fear fear it's of what fear. fear of getting hurt fear of not yeah. being returned yeah. fear that if i show my child who's very sweet and open and kind too much of this she's not going to have what she needs to protect herself that, that so protect herself there are even <laughs> cases of people who were physically abusive fathers to their sons or their daughters or siblings, older siblings, younger siblings. Cause like, mm-hmm. I need to toughen you up because if you can't fight, you're going to get hurt out there in the world because they've been hurt. That's not to justify it or make it better, but we care and we love, but that love is coming out in ways that don't feel very loving or don't show up in a very loving way. The other thing is if I show love, am I a weak person? If I show love, does that mean I might cry? If I cry, are the wolves going to come and get me? Because it's, It's this conditioning that we have and it passes down through generations. Again, that's in, that's in, you know, Carrie's field there, but it gets passed down. Shame around showing your love, shame, fear in fears. You know, fear is, is the base of all of that. What's going to happen. Someone's going to make fun of you. Someone's going to, you know, take advantage of it.
0: The children the children takes on all of this. I'm very wary of the time because I know you both have to leave in a few minutes. I just wanted to ask you very quickly, Mark, what, what's the Akashic records? like? Do we need to tap into this every time we do a life regression or you can do a life regression without tapping into that?
1: Each individual will do a regression in the way that's best for them. So a facilitator of past life regressions is there to facilitate not to dictate where you go, what you do, what you experience in my very long now, very long, I, you know, look at it and go, wow, it has been doing this for a long time, very long experience. I've had people had all sorts of different experiences that are very different from maybe the past five years of someone doing something a different way. I've had people do progressions. I've had people see parts of their mother's lives. I've had people experience all sorts of things. And I have had people in my office where i feel so humbled by what comes through them and what Mm. they're experiencing like truly where i feel very humbled like there is an energy there that is Mm -hmm. that i am aware of the fact that i just need to let it be there so do we need to tap into the akashic records in, in a way that we say oh this is what i was shown no we don't each regression is going to be different however those who do tap into the akashic records they can get a great deal from it. I think, Carrie. again, I think, Carrie, you should speak to this because I know that you, your personal experience with what you are able to see, feel.
0: Carrie, maybe quickly, because I realized that maybe we don't know, some people don't know what Akashic Records is. Maybe just quickly, in few words, yeah, can you so, say what
2: it is? So the Akashic Records is the kind of the book of our life. So it's the events, it's the thoughts, it's the feelings. So we have access to kind of the soul's blueprint from start to finish and including future. So it's past, present and future. I've had, I've done a lot of regressions with Mark and I've done progressions with Mark and it's, The thing that I love about your work so much when I've done those past life regressions is I am such a deeply feeling person. If I can feel it in my body, then I can heal it. I can transform it immediately. Mm -hmm. And I've had some very profound regressions with Mark where I've been in ancient lifetimes that are still affecting me in this human experience in this lifetime. And it cleared it. Like, I literally haven't struggled with those things since. So there's great power, I think, in going back and looking at some of this stuff,
0: you know. I love it. Even though if we really realize that if we trust, if we're here to trust and love and let go, you know, and we don't really need to know all these things, but I think it's really helpful sometimes to just, it's curiosity, right? It's
2: fun. It's just another fun way to go in, you know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so much fun. Hmm. I love it. And Mark, I'm going to do yes. this with you because we've never done it.
2: Uh, <laughs> I told her this morning. It's so a must. I
0: will arrange that. <laughs> yes,
1: Lara, I invited. I love this work. It's one of the reasons why I even went into this profession that that I do. Yeah. It was I had a again 20 second story. I had this recurring upper back thing when I was a kid where something would go wrong in my upper back. First time it happened, I was 13 years old. I was running through the house and I felt like something hit me in the back and snapped my back. My mother took me in for x-rays, nothing. Took me to physical therapist, nothing. We can't find anything. And it would come back over and over and over again. When I did this past life regression work, I saw a lifetime where I'd fallen from a ladder. And it was at a moment when I was screaming at a child. I was so angry and my back broke in that moment. And once I realized what it was and did the healing with it, this was back in my 20s. I have never, ever had That's that amazing. problem again. Other I places in my back, lower back, wow. but not in
0: that place. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm doing I that. I love it. Thank you both so much. I love you more than I can explain. Thank you I both. Love you. Love you, Mark. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about karma and past lives. If you did, please share this podcast with people that you know would enjoy it as well. And remember to subscribe to the Deeper Eye podcast so that you can be notified each time we record another one. Thank you very much. And I look forward to speaking with another guest very soon. And I hope you will be listening to us again.